Welcome to the Bobcast. We are back for season four. Can't believe we're already here. We're coming a little late in the season, but you know what? It's the perfect time when the Bobcast is here. We have a great show planned. Uh, Excited to get this rolling. It's a big year for everyone, and it started off great. Uh, Everyone's got a lot going on, and uh, glad you guys are listening. So, without further ado, let's get into the NFL recap. It's time for NFL recap. We start with last Thursday, Giants versus the Washington football team. It was back and forth the whole time. Taylor Henneke versus Daniel Jones, and boy, was it a stinker to watch. But it came down to the very end to a field goal that was missed. But wait a second, big Dexter Lawrence was offside, giving Washington a second attempt at the winning field goal, and they make it. Washington football team 30, New York Giants 29 as Washington moves to 1-1. One one. Next, we start out with Sunday. 49ers versus Eagles. The the Eagles being one of the first teams ever to have a 97-yard play and not get a point from it. That about describes a day of a defensive slugfest as the 49ers win 17-11. Next, the Bengals. Throwing interception after interception, Joe Burrow somehow pulls back in as the Bears have Justin Fields come in with an injured quarterback. Fields, not looking phenomenal, but he got the job done. And in the end, the Bengals' comeback attempt was failed. Bears win 20-17. to The Texans versus the Browns. Another weird game as Baker Mayfield's shoulder gets popped out and popped back in. He gets back and goes against the Texans as Mills comes in and Tyrod Taylor was taken out due to injury. Browns come back in the third quarter to... Take the lead and win 31-21. Next, Colts versus Rams. Oh man, this was a slugfest up until my good friend Carson Wentz sprained both ankles. Yes, that's right. He sprained both ankles all into one. But and the Rams able to pull it out in the end 27-24. Bills coming off a brutal loss against the Steelers. Took it to the Dolphins. Tua, with broken ribs, goes out of the game, and the Dolphins were helpless. Bills win 35-0. Next, we got the battle of rookie QBs. Uh, Zach Wilson throws three, three, four interceptions, excuse me. And the Patriots take it to them, 25-6. Patriots take down the helpless Jets. Another great game with the Raiders coming to the East Coast to face the Steelers. Big Ben looks like a ghost of himself. Can barely throw it four yards. And the offense showed for it. Raiders go and take the win 26-17 as Derek Carr looks like the MVP this year. Throwing already for 800 yards in two games. Next, the Panthers, the biggest surprise. Good old Jameis, famous Jameis. LASIK surgery didn't help him that much. Throwing interception after interception, the Panthers win 26-7 to and move to 2-0. and Next, Broncos against the fighting Urban Myers Jaguars. Jaguars looked like a bad team as they did last year, even with 
Trevor Lawrence, the Broncos defense shuts them down, and the Broncos win 23-13 behind Teddy Two Gloves. The game of the week, the Vikings-Cardinals was back and forth. Kyler Murray looks like the real deal, sling it all over. But wait a second, Kirk Cousins with the last-minute drive, only for a 34-yard field goal to be missed at the end as the Cardinals sneak by 34-33. The Buccaneers going against the Falcons, who are terrible. And the defense, uh, the Buccaneers defense takes it to Matty Ice. Wow, good old ages Tom Brady throws five touchdowns, two of whom to Gronk. They are going back in time as the Buccaneers win 48-25. to Next, Cowboys Chargers. Penalties everywhere. Ugly game to watch, but the Cowboys still pull it out out in L.A., 22-17. Overtime in the Seahawks-Titans in a classic Seahawks game where it looked like they should have had it iced, but they did not. Derrick Henry rushes for almost 200 yards and three TDs. <clears throat> Able to win it in overtime, 33-30. Next, the great Sunday night game between the Chiefs and the Ravens. It was back and forth, and it looked like the Chiefs we're going to put this thing away. Patrick Mahomes, 343 yards, three TDs. You thought that would be enough, but no. Superman, Lamar Jackson, puts the team on his back, makes a major comeback, and ices the game with a ballsy fourth down play. The Ravens win 36-35 as both teams now move to 1-1. One and one. Finally... We have the Packers versus the Lions Monday night. Aaron Rodgers, is he too laid back? I don't think so. Four TDs, 255 yards. Aaron Jones, one TV, 67 yards. And we have Devontae Adams losing his dad's ashes in the end zone. But it seemed to be good luck as the Packers win 35-17. The Lions couldn't eat those kneecaps. It was an exciting Sunday of football. And let's move on to what happened in fantasy. Alright, let's recap last week in our fantasy matchups. And we will start with the high score of the week. Dante's Inferno versus the Pigskin Punters. Dante's Inferno never had a chance from the beginning, especially when you have Tom Brady scoring five touchdowns with 39 points. And you also have Rob Gronkowski, who had two touchdowns in that game, with 17 points. And add on Derrick Henry with... Uh, 182 yards and a couple touchdowns on top of that and you got 44 points from him so the 159 to 101 pitskin punters blow out dante's inferno both teams move to one and one next we go to big football guy versus lambo leapers this started looking out pretty close but lambo leapers pulls it away from the end behind a combination of TJ Hawkinson on Monday night, Najee Harris with his first big game in the pros, and Nick Chubb, who looked like he was going to be injured, but came back with a strong game, 95 yards and a TD. It was a big day for him with 16 points, and really almost every 
player except for the kicker going into double digits. Meanwhile, big football guy, even with a big game from Tony Pollard and from Kyler Murray with 41 points, it just wasn't enough. Lambo Leapers win 131 to 110. Next, Robert Keating, the third versus Washington football. Washington Fantasy Football Team. This one was not close. Washington Fantasy Football Team. I know James was in a foreign country. He was still making waiver wire pickups, which I appreciate. But Robert Keating III was the big winner. The 150 points. Matt Stafford, 22. Cooper Cup with another 32 points with that connection on there. TJ Lockett with a big reception and big day, 178 yards and one TD with 27 points. That will do it. Robert Keating the third, 150 to fantasy fo- Washington Fantasy Football Team, 74. Next, we go to Strothman versus Matt's Majestic Team. This one was a rock fight up until the end, all the way to Monday night. But with Aaron Rodgers, with his big game, big comeback game, 34 points. Calvin Ridgely with another 15, even though Matt Ryan was throwing it mostly to the other team. And another from uh, Johnson. Hugh Strothman was able to pull this one out, 105-92. to And it's even more painful with McLaren sitting on the bench with 22 points on Matt's majestic team especially in a close game, but Strothman pulling it out, moving to 2-0 as Matt's Majestic Team moves to 1-1. Next, I watched a football game versus Once and Future King. It was looked like this was back and forth all day up until the Monday night game where Once and Future King left too much room for I watched a football game. Patrick Mahomes, 31 points. Eckler with another 18 and Jones with another 14. I watch a football game wins 111 to 100. The once and future king. Well, we'll see how that future king goes as I watch a football game moves to 2 0 and once and future king moves to 0 and 2. Finally, Bryson's Roids, where CMC will be with me. The Rice and Roy's looking for a bounce back. Both teams going in 0-1. But with the big game from Lamar Jackson, Mike Evans with another two points, Ezekiel Elliott 16, and Singletary with 16 was enough. Added by Buffalo's defense with 22, Bryson Roy's with 150. CMC will be with me with a decent game at 124 points, but it just wasn't enough. A big game from Kirk Cousins, another one from Christian McCaffrey and Kelsey, but he just couldn't add up as Pittsburgh only got two points on defense. Let's move over to the league standings, because now two games in, we can start matching up where everyone's standing. Remember, this is an eight-team playoff, so number eight is going to be the last playoff spot at number one in this league really making a huge comeback from last year Robert Keating the third with with 2-0 and 294 points the most in the league by far there's a big big turnaround for Paul and uh, we'll see if he can hold on 
Next, I watch a football game 2 and 0 with 228 points. Strothman 2 and 0 behind that with 219. Pigs digging punters with the monster points this time at 1 and 1 at number 4 with 267 points. Followed by Lambo Leapers at number 5, 1 and 1 with 243 points. Big Football Guy at 6, 1 and 1 with 235 points. Bryson Royds at 1 and 1 with 233 points, and that is after a stinker of a first week. And at the 8th spot, we got Matt's Majestic Team with 213 points, followed closely behind by Dante's Inferno at 1 and 1 with 187 points. CNC will be with me with 242 points, some of the most in the league, but it's just not enough sitting at 0 and 2 and in that 10 spot. Washington Fantasy Football Team at 0-2 at the 11 spot with 188 points. And rounding out with the once and future king, 0-2 with 184 points. Very interesting to start the year. It's interesting to see where everyone's at at this point. And uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Alright, I got my next surprise segment after this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Ryder Cup season. It is time for our favorite segment, Screw You, Brad. And we are talking about the Ryder Cup. It has been delayed one year and we are finally here. It starts on Friday, run through Sunday, uh, eat uh, with a number of different types of types of uh, pairings and different types of uh, partner golf and it is exciting. It is Team Europe versus Team USA as USA tries to take back the Ryder Cup as the European team in 2018 won out in Paris. They are up at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. It is a beautiful golf course. It is a Pete Dye course. It was originally farmland where the owner wanted to turn it into an Irish looking golf course on the lake and it is gorgeous. It is gonna be challenging. The winds come in from the lake, which also adds uh, a whole different element and should be a great weekend of golf. The way it works, each team has different qualifying procedures. The US team has six qualifiers from points throughout the year. It's basically ranked golfers. You pick up the points as you go. It's very similar to golf rankings in the FedEx points. Uh, and the top six will qualify. The top six that qualified this year was Colin Morikawa at number one, Dustin Johnson at number two, Bryson DeChambeau at number three, Brooks Kepka at four, Justin Thomas at five, and Cantlay at six. Then you have six captain's picks that come after this. This The captain, who is Steve Stricker this year, will have the opportunity, has the opportunity to choose whoever he wants who he thinks will be best uh, to win. This year, he went with very interesting picks. Uh, some freshmen coming in, some rookies for the Ryder Cup team that are looking to prove themselves and I think will be very, very good. I really actually love the captain's picks. I think he did a good job. We start with the first one, Tony Finau, who had a great end of the year, won his second tournament up in New York uh, to finish off the uh, during the FedEx playoffs. 
followed by Xander Schauffele, who has been on the President's, uh, President's Cup team, uh, has really surged in recent years. And then Jordan Spieth, who this year had a renaissance, got himself up in the top. And of course, he is one of the best uh Best Ryder Cup players that we have, so of course he's going to be on there. Then we get the goofy-looking guy, Harris English, who is a rookie out there. He, and when I say goofy, go Google a pic of him. He is a goofy-looking bro, but he has had a great year, uh, surged up in rankings. And then Daniel Berger, uh, the former teammate of Brooks Kepka at Florida State, who was who is a rookie. He had a couple down years due to injury, but he has come back. He actually won in Pebble last year, and he has uh, made it on the team, followed by Scotty Scheffler, who had a fantastic year. He is new onto the golf scene. He kind of reminds me of Cave, just super chill. He enjoys himself out there, and he is a great golfer, and hopefully will be a great member of the team. The European team, has a lot more qualifiers and only three captain's picks. So the first qualifier was Rory McIlroy. The second was John Ron, the number one golfer in the world, followed by Paul Casey, Matt Fitzpatrick, who looks like he's 12, Tommy Fleetwood with the most gorgeous hair in the world, Victor Hovland, who I have a soft spot for. He is a rookie this year, but he qualified and looks and is a very good match play player going back to his days at Oklahoma State. And Lee Westwood, the old guy who uses his wife as a caddy. Yes, that's right. His wife is his caddy. Good luck. I would love to hear anyone who would say that would be a good idea for them. Uh, followed by Bernang Burned Westberger, who is mainly on the European tour, but got enough points to get on. The captain's pick, he went with good old faithful veterans with Sergio Garcia, who is the most, who has the most wins, the uh, scoring wins of the European in the history of the Ryder Cup, followed by Mr. Ryder Cup himself, Ian, Ian Poulter, and my favorite, Shane Lowry, rounding it out uh, on the team. Now, tomorrow, we start with the foursomes. This is going to be an alternate shot. Uh, there are four matches that will be going on. It start, the first tee-off is at 8.05. The first tee-off is an interesting one. They brought out the big guns to set the tone quickly with the U.S. coming out with Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, the two American Captain Americas themselves. They will be going against the Spaniards, John Rahm and Sergio Garcia. That should be a very interesting match. I'm very excited to see what happens there. The U.S. wants to get out of a fast start, which actually, even when they lose, they usually start out the foursomes very strong, very fast, but then fade into the lit into Saturday and to Sunday, which is their main problem. So to be keeping up momentum is going to be key this year. And 8.21 tea time is Justin Tom... Justin Don... Don... Just Dustin Johnson and Cor Colin Morikawa, the rookie. This is going to be a very interesting pairing. I did not see that coming. Uh, which, of course, on the other side, Paul Casey and Victor Hovland, who is a rookie. Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa both came on tour at the same time. They were part of that class of Wolf, Victor, and then Colin. Uh, obviously, Colin Morikawa, two majors in his pocket, uh, winning the British Open this year. But Victor Hovland is a very, very good uh, iron player, uh, loves to shape his shots. He is learning it and is a very 
Uh, very interesting prospect out there. Paul Casey and Victor Hovland have 20 years separating them with age. So it's definitely the veteran bringing on the young guy to show him uh, what's going on and calm the nerves a little bit as they go. The third matchup, we have Lee Westwood, the old guy, with Matt Fetchpatrick, another young rookie uh, with Team Europe. They will be facing Brooks Kepka and Daniel Berger, the former teammates, Brooks Kepka who injured his wrist at the at the FedEx Championship, says he is good to go, he is ready to play, uh, and it should be interesting with those two, especially being old teammates, they know each other, and uh, I am excited about that one. Finally, we round out with the Anchors, which is a very, very good match. We have the California boys, Cat- Patrick Pant- Cantlay and Xander Schauffele versus Rory McIlroy and Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter and Rory McIlroy is an interesting, interesting matchup. Ian Poulter has not been good this year. He has really struggled with his iron play. It'll be interesting how they match up, that they can feed each other. And But Ian Poulter is known to rise to the occasion <laughs> repeatedly when it comes to the Ryder Cup. So we'll see if he can do it again. But that tees off at 8.53 a.m. The afternoon will be four ball matches. Uh, those foursomes will be uh, announced as soon as the uh, foursomes are concluded. Uh, I have to imagine the, th- the guys that are not out there, include one of whom is Bryson DeChambeau, will all be out for those matches. Steve Stricker has made it clear he only wants each player to play five, five times. So that would be five, uh, five throughout the uh, five uh throughout the events, uh, just not wear them down. So you have fresh legs, fresh arms out there. It is going to be a very challenging course. So it'll be interesting to see what those matchups are in the afternoon and uh, what that looks like. Uh, Saturday, it will be foursomes in the morning again with four ball in the afternoon. And then we finish off with the 12 single matches. So each player will match up against someone else, uh, singles, That will start at 12 p.m. and will go through uh, 11-minute intervals as they tee off and will be done around 5 p.m. and we'll know who wins the Ryder Cup. I love this U.S. team. I know people are down on them. It was a poor showing in 2018 in Europe, but I love the young rookies that are in this. Scotty Scheffler, I think, is going to be really good. Daniel Berger is out there ready to prove himself. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Colin Morikawa is. He seemed to fade at the end of the year. He looked a little exhausted from the Olympics, running right into the FedEx uh, FedEx Championship. So hopefully he is fresh, took, took some time off, and will be able to rise to the challenge. Um, and then, of course, Bryson DeChambeau is going to be a wild card. The big hitter, uh, we'll see how that looks, uh, especially uh, when these matches uh, matches come up. So... Tune in this weekend, go USA, and let's take down the European team and bring the Ryder Cup back home. Now, let's preview what we're going to do in fantasy next week. All right, we got week three coming up in fantasy It is make or break for some of these teams, and I'm going to start with one right here. The once-in-future king versus the pigskin 
punters. The once and future king, 0-2, with low point scoring, sitting at the bottom of the league. He needs to turn this around now, Elliot. Now, pigs in punters. We'll see how this goes, putting so much emphasis on the Tampa Bay offense. We <coughs> will start with the quarterbacks, with once and future king making a change from Teddy Two Gloves to Daniel Jones, going against Tom Brady, advantage Tom Brady. It, but the problem is, is the Tampa Bay is going against the Rams. So that's Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, and Gronkowski are all going against one of the better defenses in the league. I actually think this is going to stall them. I think that this is going to be a lot harder uh, of this week for them. And I think when you put it on one team, if the whole team does does poorly, then you're probably going to lose your match. I'm going to give this one to the once and future king uh, for that very reason. And uh, think Elliot will at least get to one and two and have a fighting chance to come back here. Next, we go to we go to Dante's Inferno and the Lambo Leapers. We have a projection of 122 for each. Dante's Inferno has been hitting the waiver wire hard. He is ready to go and looking through the rosters of course, Joe Burrow had a tough week last week uh, and hopefully will ba- bounce back. But Justin Herbert uh, looks like he is ready to go, although for some reason it's... Oh, there we go. Justin Herbert goes against a Ka- uh, Kansas City defense that doesn't look that good. Uh, they struggled a lot against the Ravens, and that was even a Ravens team that is so hurt on running back and wide receiver. I think Justin Herbert lights him up while Joe Burrow goes against a very good pit defense. We'll see if Watt is playing or not. So I'm going to give Justin Herbert that one. Um, And going through quickly, Keenan Allen, though, could offset that a little bit for Lambeau Leapers. Uh, TJ Hawkinson against Baltimore. He had a big week last week. Uh, Baltimore could be coming off a high. Their defense doesn't look that great. Their corners aren't great. So TJ could have a big game there. Uh, But Nick Chubb against Chicago is not a great prospect. Uh, Meanwhile, on the other side, you have Sterling Shepard going against uh, Atlanta team that is terrible. They leak like a sieve. Uh, Miles Sanders against Dallas. It's still hard to tell what Dallas defense is. But I think Dante's Inferno nudges this one out. I actually don't think either team is going to get to 122. I think it's going to be in the low 100s. But I think Dante's Inferno will pull this one out this week. Next, we have Big Football Guy versus the Washington Fantasy Football Team. Another team that is desperate for a win. Washington Fantasy Football Team. They are uh, in big trouble. And I'm recording this at about 9. So... The Thursday night game has started, and it looks like DJ Moore already has 13 points, which is huge. Um, So the projections, uh, the live projection already has Washington football, fantasy football team at 137. We know how that changes. Uh, But the original projection was Washington fantasy football team at 129, big football guy at 122. Uh, It's going to be interesting uh, on the big football guys end. Uh, Taylor has been up and down all year at running back. Uh, Pollard 
it looks like Pollard's going to get more handoffs. So it'll be interesting against uh, Philadelphia if that is the case. If he starts taking over running back number one and Zeke Elliott moves to number two. Uh, it is very much debated right now what they're going to do there. But, uh, but the Cowboys have done dumber things in the past. Uh, and then Cooper, we will see if he is ready to go on Monday night. That is going to be something to watch because it is the last game. So you could be stuck with a big fat zero right there. I think Washington football team pulls this out this week for his first win, uh, moving both teams to one and two. Next, we got Robert Keating the third versus Max Majestic team. Both projected at 125 each. Wow. A lot of evenly matched teams this week. Right now, we have Carolina defense is playing, uh, not looking great. Well, looking pretty good. Already at 11 points uh, for Robert Keating III. Robert Keating III came out with a very hot start. Mike Williams is having a uh, career year with the first two games. We'll see if that kicks up. It looks like Herbert and him have a real connection, uh, which is very exciting as a Clemson guy. Uh, but with Josh Jacobs, he's still questionable. He did practice today, so we'll see if he comes out. Uh, he would probably replace Emmons. Uh, and then you have Kamara sitting there. You'd think they would give Kamara the ball more to start uh, than last week, especially with Jameis's uh, turnover issues. And then Matt Stafford against Tampa Bay's defense. Again, another good defense. Uh, so that could paying up points a little bit. Meanwhile, on the other end, we have... Jalen Hurts against Dallas's defense again. I well, Jalen Hurts looked really good last week, uh, although they didn't score many points. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I'm starting to believe in as an Eagles fan. Uh, I I know as soon as that came out of my mouth, I just jinxed him. So sorry, Matt. Uh, and then McLaurin in this week because uh, Antonio Brown is on the COVID list. Uh, that's always fun. I think Matt's majestic team will beat Robert Keating the third, moving both to two and one. Uh, I think Matt's team is going to have a big week this week. I think Robert Keating the third has a lot of good defenses going against uh, some of the key players, and will uh, will cause a, a little issue there. And. We move on to CMC will be with me versus I watched a football game once. The original projection was 124 for CMC will be with me. I watched a football game once at 118. And we have Christian McCaffrey playing right now. He has five points. Uh, the projection for CMC with me live is down to 121, but it's still early in the game. Uh, we got Kirk Cousins against Seattle's defense. Seattle's defense was very leaky uh, towards the end of the game. Uh, there's, it's definitely not the Legion of Boom of old. So Kirk Cousins, who again did very well against a Cardinals defense that the first week looked very legit. Uh, so he, they, they're desperate for a win there. Uh, and then also, uh, Chris Carson had a big day. Minnesota is actually leading, defense is leading the league with rush yards allowed. So Chris Chris Carson probably going to have a big game uh, next week. Meanwhile, on the other end, we got Patrick Mahomes against uh, the Chargers. The Chargers defense is decent, uh, but it's Patrick Mahomes. So he's probably going to stack up 30 points uh, with his blindfolded uh 
And Eckler going against Kansas City's defense. He'll probably have a big game as well. This is very easily matched. Uh, CMC will be with me. Is desperate at 0-2. I think CMC will be with me. We'll pull this one out and get the win. Moving him to 1-2. and And I watch a football game once. Moving to 2-1. and And finally, Bobby's Roids against Strothman. Uh, Bobby's Roids with the big comeback last week. Uh, resurgence. And... Strothman sitting at 2-0. Rodgers going against San Francisco's defense. That's a good defense. Uh, Rodgers usually does get points, but I think 24 is pretty accurate. They are a very good secondary, young secondary, but they they cover very well. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Jackson's going against Detroit. So that should be an absolute feast. Meanwhile, Zeke Elliott, uh, it's hard to know uh, where he, how many touches he's going to get. Wide receiver wide, DK Metcalf against Minnesota. Hopefully we'll have a big game. He'll be a primary target. Uh, Mike Evans, you never know what he's going to do. Going against the Rams, though, he will probably get Jalen Ramsey the majority of the time. So that could be a big issue. Uh, but Thielen, the touchdown king, hopefully will cover some of those wounds. Uh, meanwhile, on the other end, Dambos, uh, Debo Samuel uh, in the flex spot against Green Bay is always good. Running back should, shouldn't be a, too big of a problem. Uh, Damian Harris had a big week last week. But you ne- again, the Patriots are all over the place with what they do. They could just throw the ball a million times this game and never hand it to the running backs. So, kind of a gamble there. I'm going to give it to Bryson Royds to win this one, uh, moving both teams to 2-1. and one. And that is the Bobcast. I hope everyone enjoyed and enjoyed the first one of the season. They'll probably be coming out a little more spotty this year. As some of you know, I think all of you know, uh, there's a baby due in the Keating household any day now. So, we'll do, I'll do my best to get as many episodes out as I can. But we got the Bobcast back, and it's definitely football season. Everyone have a great weekend of football and the Ryder Cup, and I will see you next week. Peace out.